welcome to Best Laid Plans. This is the podcast where we talk all things planning and planning adjacent, and this is your host, Sarah Hart Unger. Today's episode is about planning your passions, and I am super excited about this topic. It came to me because I recently read a book called This Is Not a Book About Benedict Cumberbatch by Tabitha Carvon. And this was read actually for the Patreon book club that I do with my co-host of Best of Both Worlds, Laura Vanderkam. And this book, it's not really about Benedict Cumberbatch. It's really about thinking about one's passions and taking them seriously. And this got me thinking down the road about how I tend to take my passions quite seriously and do a lot of planning centered around my passions. And so that's kind of how this topic came to be. And I'm super excited to chat about it. But first, I will open with a classic planner piece submission that comes from Corey. Corey told me I could use her full name. Corey is a lecturer in politics in Queen's University in Belfast, and she's also the author of a new Substack newsletter called Working Moms Make It Work. So I'll link to that in the show notes. But I was super excited to feature this because I know I've mentioned Notion on many occasions, but haven't really done a deep dive into how it can be used. And Corey included a really adorable graphic that I will also include in the show notes for the post that goes along with this week, because it kind of shows how she is using it to pull many different sources together in a very aesthetically pleasing way. So first, I will go ahead and read what she wrote here. She writes, Hi, Sarah. You mentioned Notion on a recent podcast episode. Some thoughts in case they're helpful. I used Evernote for ages until it got too crowded and clunky and then used Word for everything for a few years. Now I use Notion the way I would use a bullet journal with yearly planning, monthly planning, and tracking. I use it for lists, ideas, and more. My weekly to-do lists go on paper. I've been using the Zello, Z-E-L-O, planning pad for the last few weeks, and I really like it. I don't use it for actual work at the moment, mostly because I'm in the writing stage of research rather than a data collection phase, but I see how it would be really useful as a diary to pull together notes and links, etc. I've attached a screenshot, and again, I'll share that screenshot in the show notes, of how I do my monthly plan in case a visual is helpful. If I had an Apple Notes system that was working for me, it may not be worth the shift, but it's really nice. I also had a really nice travel tracker last term with my weekly teaching and my flights and when I've booked them, etc., which was helpful, but for some reason I haven't done the same this term. So this really shows the versatility of Notion, how how it can be used for different things. And I do love the idea of using it to keep monthly goals or quintile goals or annual goals, because as you'll see, you can lay them out in a really nice, aesthetically pleasing way. And it's in one place that you're not going to forget about, especially if you visit Notion frequently. You can also have kind of a homepage where you link all your different pages. So maybe you would link your annual goals and then kind of have a subheading where you put your quintile goals, et cetera. You can check off these goals and see what you've checked off. And again, it is kind of like a souped up Apple Notes, but it does offer a lot more in terms of features, both in terms of layout and formatting and in terms of the ability to link and attach files. So really, really cool. And thank you so much, Corey, for sharing. Okay, so back to our topic of planning one's passions. I have to say, sometimes people hear the word planning or goals and they immediately want to run away because it sounds dry. They link the idea of planning to work. Like I'll hear, oh, I'm just like not an ambitious person. I don't really have goals. I'm just happy living day to day. I just want to enjoy life. And that's great. I'm not saying that everybody needs to 
gun for a promotion or a different job or a new certification or a degree or whatever. I mean, if you want to do do those things, awesome. But if you don't, that's okay too. But most people still have things they want to achieve in their life, even if those things are more personal in nature. It's just human nature for most people to be excited about working and grasping towards something, whether that's, you know, watching all the episodes of, I don't know, (laughs) some series that's really, really long, Breaking Bad or something like that, or whether it is training for a Ironman triathlon or something like that. Most people enjoy working towards something, maybe in their professional life, maybe in their personal life, or maybe just in pursuit of fun and enjoyment. Maybe your goals are actually to retire early, in which case planning out how you're spending and how you're budgeting your time during the working years would be incredibly important. So for most people, I do think, and of course I'm biased because I do love planning, but I think that most people could get something out of planning. And in particular, many people could be spending more time planning their passions. So there's even a planner called Passion Planner. I don't know if I've ever done a full Passion Planner review. I think I did a review of maybe the daily because a lovely listener did send me one at one point. I actually just came across it in a pile and it's really cute. It's a little busy and I'm getting way off track here but it has a lot of spaces to write. And the idea of the Passion Planner is that it's designed to help you dream and explore how you can fit the things you want to do into your days, weeks, months, and life. So the Passion Planner definitely has this in mind, and it's not supposed to be just a planner to track your work activities or dry, boring things, but in fact is named and is designed to encourage you to pursue your passions. So maybe we'll do a deeper dive on another episode on the Passion Planner itself. But today we're gonna talk just more specifically about how might you might go about planning your passions. And because the planning of passions that I know best is the ones that I do of my own passions, I'm going to go in a little deep dive into how I plan my current passions and how that has served me and made things even more fun. We're going to take a quick break and I will be right back with passion number one. You are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes in part from Jenny Kane. I love Jenny Kane, and I hope you love shopping there to support the show. When you do, visit JennyKane.com and use code PLANS for 15% off your first order. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and this is the perfect gift to treat all the well-deserving moms, moms-to-be, and mother figures in your life. Jenny Kane is a California brand through and through, and their staples make getting dressed easier than it's ever been before. Think minimalist and effortless, yet totally refined. This season, I am so into the beautiful dresses that Jenny Kane has on offer. My personal pick and what I'm hoping to wear all season is the Callan dress. I have it in the khaki color and feel like I could literally wear it to anything. And the best part is it's perfect for warm weather, which we have plenty of, but you could also layer it in a chilly air-conditioned space. I also have my eye on the day dress. It's such a classic silhouette. One thing you might not know about Jenny Kane is that they also have an incredible rewards program where you can earn up to 10% back with every purchase and joining is completely free. Find your perfect Mother's Day gift or curate your new spring uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code PLANS, P-L-A-N-S, at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code PLANS. Get yourself and the women in your life the best gift of all, Jenny Kane. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, I am back. The first passion I'm going to discuss with you is running. So I have a fairly long history with running. I did not run in high school or college. Definitely not. I mean, I ran for fun, but not races or anything like that. But when I met my husband, he did run marathons and had been a competitive runner in high school and ran for a year in college. And he introduced me to the idea of training for races, specifically long races like half marathons and marathons. And this appealed to me for a number of reasons. First of all, I loved the runner's high. Second of all, I loved the idea of seeing myself improve. And third of all, I loved the idea of having a training plan that would make me faster and the idea of like working towards a goal, which was a race where you could see your hard work pay off. I thought it was so much fun to play with that concept. And as a result, I started running multiple half marathons and was always on a quest to improve how I was training with an improved result. That led to a lot of improvement. I think I ran my very first half marathon at the age of like 23 or 24, 211. And the fastest I ever got back then was like a 146, which honestly, that is quite a lot of improvement as a new runner. And a lot of that was figuring out and learning how to train and doing a lot of planning in my life. However, I did end up putting running by the wayside for quite some time as it in my particular case, led to some fertility issues, and I really wanted to get pregnant with my first child. So those plans kind of had to put my running plans by the wayside. Sometimes some plans can kind of push other plans aside if they conflict, and that's that's okay. So I ended up doing that, and running never really got to that level of fever pitch that I had back then until very recently. And I think that's just because when my kids were little, they're now five, nine and almost 11. So I feel like I'm almost out of the little kid stage. I am at a point where I just have a little bit more flexibility, especially in the early mornings. I kind of know when everybody's going to wake up. It's not so much of a hardship for my husband or myself if one parent goes out for a long run on one of the weekend days. It occurred to me kind of suddenly that like I could bring running back into my life. And so I have kind of incorporated that back into my life and I'm getting so much joy from it. And part of my joy has to do, again, with that training and long-term goal planning. So running does take a lot of planning. And I thought about how planning kind of intersects with running for me at a lot of different levels. So first of all, there's the planning out of training on a weekly basis. I have to actually think with my planner, and I do this during my weekly review, kind of weekly planning time, typically on Sundays, sometimes actually on Fridays, as inspired by Laura Vanderkam doing some more planning on Fridays if I have time at work. I will plan out when I'm going to get in my training runs for the next week in terms of like which ones will be done in the morning and which ones might be done a little bit later in the day, perhaps after dropping off the kids. 
I will plan in any social runs. So being able to plan my running has meant that I have connected with others who run and that has led to me planning some social time. So usually every Monday, I actually run with a group, including some really, really fast runners, some really, really nice runners, local runners, and that has added another layer of joy, which requires planning. I have to kind of plan in where to fit it in each day if things change. Like if somebody, you know, is sick and has to stay home, I might have to reorganize my plans and decide if a run can still fit in or whether to move it to a different day. And then there's the longer term planning that I also really, really enjoy. So when I'm at the beginning of a year, I think about what races I might want to do. So I'm already thinking about whether I want to do a full marathon in the winter this year and even longer, longer term goal planning to have actual time goals or goals like qualifying for the Boston Marathon, which I would love to do, but I kind of need to at least basically be at the 45-year age standard. So I have to wait a little bit until a 350 would qualify me. I'm 42 years old now, but I actually do have kind of a grand master scheme if things work out in my favor as to how I could qualify for Boston around the age of 45. And I've really thought about how that might play out because honestly, while that sounds really far away, it's not when it comes to really long training cycles and races. So yeah, just really, really planning at every level and then adding in the fun of planning in some travel to destination races. I have one race in particular I really want to run next year in the spring that's more just a for fun race than a training for a specific time race, but that's going to take planning. I actually have in my planner the date when you have to register for It's the Big Sur Marathon, and I want to register for the VIP package that allows you to get a guaranteed race entry. So this is something I have to plan both financially for as well as time-wise. So, so much planning going into this hobby. Now, could I just run casually for fun a few times a week and not plan out any of it? Absolutely. But for me, it wouldn't be anywhere near as fun. I get so much joy out of all of this planning. And even though None of this really has a point. Like, it's not important to anyone but me. I'm never going to win anything. I am far from a professional runner. I get joy out of completing this task every day from how I feel about running, the connections I make while running, and from, you know, trying to meet these long-term goals that I set for myself. So, yeah, I love how planning and running kind of go hand in hand. Now, in terms of the tools I actually use to track my running, I use my Hobonichi Weeks, which is still going strong at the end of February, which is awesome because last year I tried it and it didn't work, but this year keeping things a little simpler and it's worked nicely. I also have a Google Doc, which I share with my now running coach. Yes, I actually hired a running coach because I'm that into it and I want to have somebody create really smart, thoughtful plans for me. And then I also have some digital tracking that I do fairly effortlessly via my Apple Watch, which is what I use to run, as well as Strava, which is a running app that you can kind of use to connect with people socially. I would say it's the closest I get to social media these days. And if you want to follow me on Strava, go right ahead. Just look for my name, Sarah Hart Unger, and you'll be able to find me. Okay, so that's hobby number one and how planning and running go hand in hand for me. Hobby number two is reading. Now, again, I could absolutely just randomly pick up books, you know, when I hear about them or, you know, text a friend, what should I read next or browse a bookstore. And that kind of serendipitous choosing of books actually can be really fun. I love to do it when I'm traveling, just kind of like go into the airport bookstore or a local bookstore and be like, ooh, this looks good and just read it. So I'm not against doing unplanned reading experiences, but I also really enjoy thinking about my reading plans at various points in the year, like curating a summer reading list, often a fall reading list, thinking about books I'd like to get to during the course of a year that maybe I saw on best of list of the year prior. 
I love being in book clubs. I actually started a local book club in my area, so that's something that requires planning. And I'm also part of the Patreon book club that I mentioned earlier in this episode, which actually gave me the idea for this episode. So if you're interested in that, check out the Best of Both Worlds Patreon page. I'll try to link that today as well. We do book club episodes every three months. I love to record what I've read on my blog. I've tried analog reading journals. I love them. I've done episodes on them, reviewing them, but I don't personally use them right now. I do track in my annual goals notebook the books that I'm reading. So that's not a dedicated reading journal, but it is where I am tracking my reading this year, as well as on my blog. As I said, although my 2023 page still isn't up, maybe this will be the little nudge I need to get it going. I also love to plan reading books that match certain experiences, like if I am traveling to California, read a book about, you know, the gold rush in California, or we're we're planning a trip to Alaska, I'm definitely going to curate an Alaska book playlist or reading list. And then there's the planning that goes along with pre-ordering books. It's so much fun if I have a book that I'm excited about that I know is coming out. I can order it, and that's like a pre-planned treat for me when it comes in the mail, and usually I've forgotten that it's coming but that's a super fun way that planning can pay off with reading as well as managing a library holds list really well. Because if you plan that really well, you can save a ton of money and time on getting the books that you want to get from the library. I also love to take the kids to the library most weeks, so I plan that in as well and kind of make that part of our weekly routine. So there you go. That's how another hobby that could be considered planning is taken to the next level of enjoyment with a lot of planning. And then finally, we're going to get a little meta today because I would say my third passion after running and reading is um planning. <laughs> That's why I have this podcast, guys. Like, I didn't pick Best Laid Plans because I thought it was going to be a huge hit. I picked it because it was something I was super passionate about and wanted to talk about and share with the world. So I would say planning is the last passion of mine and probably overall the least methodical when it comes to planning. I mean, obviously, now that I do this as kind of professionally, I do plan out my episodes. I do, however, have a lot of spontaneity in selecting my topics and guests and things like that. So it is rather interesting that in planning itself is probably where I do the least intentional work of like when I'm going to do it and exactly what I'm going to do. But there are things I still love to plan. I love to plan deep planning times with like half-day retreats each quintile. I love to do a yearly planning retreat with my husband. And sometimes I'll block some Saturday afternoons to catch up on planning and goal setting. I mean, honestly, I could probably do an even better job of curating my just-for-fun planning, like watching certain favorite planning-related YouTube releases each month. So I'll have to think about how I could add a spice of, I don't know, planning related fun to my life or I'll just keep things spontaneous because maybe maybe spontaneity does fit in this particular realm for me. So in summary, honestly, you can add a dash of planning to anything, not just work, not just goal-directed things, but really anything, and it can often add to your joy. If you're a sportsman, you could plan out which games you're excited about for the season and maybe even plan a strategic party. If you love cooking, you could think about doing a cooking project through a cookbook, maybe planning out different recipes by season. If you are a traveler, you can enjoy planning your own trips out in detail or maybe offering your services to friends to help them plan their ideal vacation. If you love restaurants, maybe picking six that you're excited about and then deciding to go for a fun date every other month would be a way of putting planning into play in that realm. So again, some things can and will happen serendipitously, and that is awesome. I mean, we do not want to leave those things out of our life, but I think that even with all of this planning, there is going to be plenty of room for other things to pop up as well. 
And yet, if there are things that you want to include, if you don't put some effort into thinking how they can fit both time and money-wise, it can be hard for those to happen, especially in these years with lots of kids and work and other things all around. I think that if you don't do any planning of your joy, you can find that your life quickly becomes this merry-go-round of chores and work and childcare. And sometimes you will miss having the fun in your life that could be there if you put a little bit more time into planning. That is not to say that those who have a ton of challenges like single parents, kids with special needs, etc., are just doing it all wrong because they're not planning. Please, please, please. I am not trying to say that whatsoever. I'm just thinking that for some, adding a dash of planning to their passions might make things even more fun. And so it might be something fun to try. All right. So with that, this has been a really fun episode to do. And I just wanted to make the announcement that Best Laid Plants Academy Round 2 is full. So thank you so much for signing up. I'm super excited for cohort number two. And I am not planning on doing a traditional Best Laid Plants Academy this summer. I'm going to think of something a little lighter and a little shorter. So I will let you know when... The details around that will be released probably closer to the summer, like in May. And then, as I've mentioned previously, I am working on the live retreat tentatively the first weekend in November in South Florida. And there's going to be a survey coming up in the March newsletter about this BLPA live retreat. And so if you are not a newsletter subscriber, but you want to express your interest in this retreat, you can go ahead and go in the show notes and you can click the link that talks about the newsletter or you can see the link on my blog post for this episode as well. And I'm really looking to find out whether people would have the time and want to come. So please go ahead and fill that out. It doesn't commit you to anything, of course, but I'm just trying to get a rough idea of numbers and who would be seriously interested in coming to join me so that I can work out the details hotel-wise. When you are doing something like this for the first time, it can be really scary because you have to do things like block rooms And I cannot do that really without knowing kind of roughly how many people might actually be excited to come. And I would be so excited to have you. This retreat is going to be more of an annual planning retreat we do together. You will get all the material that comes with Best Laid Plans Academy. You'll get printed versions of that as well as access to a digital round. But this retreat will be more than that. It's going to be about planning your next year, putting these practices actually into play, maybe even some partner related content. We'll see if I can make that work. Again, more details to come, but just look for that in the survey. And with that, I hope you are having a wonderful week. I will be back next week with a little product review episode. And in the meantime, I hope you enjoy the end of February, the beginning of March, and I guess spring is on the horizon. So I will see you there. Have a wonderful week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.